Good morning, everyone, or should I say Minasan, in honor of our guest here. Today is December 7, 1991, so as many of you know, this is the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, and to commemorate this day, we were brought in a Japanese-American who is here to tell his story and his experience. But before we begin, I do know that not everybody is familiar with what the Japanese had to experience, so I will give a brief introduction of the topic of the internment camps. Internment camps were what the Japanese were put in during World War II and after Pearl Harbor had happened. Just to clear up some of the confusion around it, these are not concentration camps like the Jewish were put in, but internment camps are what they were, what the Japanese were put in. And the main difference is that they were treated better in internment camps rather than in concentration camps, so they weren't like killed in them. Anyways, after the attack on Pearl Harbor, the Japanese were put into these camps under the suspicion that they were all spies working with Japan and they were trying to sabotage the U.S. However, even though they, the U.S. government ne never found any proof that the Japanese were spies or, or committing espionage, they were still kept in the camps. Approximately about, yeah, I would say, 1.2 million were sent into the camps, and 720,000 of those were American citizens. They were forced to leave behind everything they had and go into these camps, and they were eventually released but they came back with nothing because when they left, they had all of their stuff repossessed by the government. So it, they, had, they had to start from scratch. And only until three years ago in 1998, reparations were even attempted by President Reagan and he gave an apology in 20,000 to the people that were able to be confirmed as being camps. So not even all the people in there were given the money. Anyways, that should be a, enough for you guys to have an idea of what happened to our fellow Americans. Now, let us formally introduce our guest, Edward Nakamura. It's my honor to be here today, Wally. That's great to hear. How are you doing today, Edward? So far, so good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. Uh, can I get you water or anything? No, thanks. I'm fine. Okay. Well, then, let's begin. How old were you when you, when you were taken into the camps? I was around four years old when my family and all my neighbors were forced into the camps. Oh, so you were really young when you went in there. That is really sad to hear. What were some challenges that you and your family faced? Some of the challenges that we had faced was poor treatment with guards, and we wasn't able to bring any of our personal items with us. And But the main problem is, was that we didn't know if they were going to let us out or if it was a permanent thing. Oh, that's horrible to hear. So it would've, probably would have been very traumatic to hear, like, experience that at a really young age. How did hearing about the order that the Japanese had to be sent to the camps make you feel? At the time, I was seeing everyone in a panic, including my family, while I was a clueless one. I see. And after you were sent into the camps for a while, how did it make you feel? I felt so confused. I was wondering why we was being put in a situation like this. And when I asked people, they said that it was because of what we looked like. And which also brought me to the question, if you was born in this country and became American citizens, why were we being treated like outsiders? Alrighty, well, that is definitely traumatic to think about at a young age. I know most of our fellow Americans wouldn't even have to consider such a thought, even now, like as adults, so that's horrible. Who went with you into the camps? It, uh, uh, my entire family consisting of my older brother and my two parents came with me. But however, in the camps, 
uh, bigger families consists of 10 or 13 family members was forced into the chaos, which was a heartbreaking sight for me, for me and especially my parents. But as far as I could tell, my parents were struggling in a, uh, with the situation. Well, that's good to hear that your parents didn't struggle that badly compared to all the other families since you're, you had a smaller family. How was the condition of the camps? The condition of the camps was terrible. There was no running water and the housing was poorly built. So, so we kind of had to rebuild everything from the ground up. So it kind of felt like home to us. That's horrible. Like, animals get better treatment than that. That's... That's really horrible to hear. Well, considering how everything turned out, since you're speaking to me right now, it couldn't have been all that bad, right? I would say that while, honestly, while I was in the camps, both my parents have died, and my and in the first few months, my brother had left to join the military, so I was all alone in the camps to fend for myself. That's heartbreaking. Your, both of your parents dying and then your brother leaving shortly after? Then you were really alone. I'm sorry for your loss. How did they die? My mother had uh, lost to tuberculosis and my father didn't know how to deal with the grief. So he uh, walked to death in the camps. Wow, that's, that's really sad that you were really alone. And they died in such poor ways. Tragic ways, more like. Did your brother ever come back for you after the war? And what was his name? His name was Sikh, and he did come back to me. But once we was released from the camps, it was very hard for him to make a living because he was a Japanese, even though he fought for the 442nd Regiment, which was the most decorated unit for size and length of service in, his, in the entire history of the U.S. military. and But he was still treated horribly. And sadly, to take care of uh, me, he had to resort to petty crime to keep a place of our head and food on the table. That's really just unbelievable. Not, e not even the crime part, because that part makes sense if he isn't able to find work in any other way. But the fact that he was a soldier and he fought for the U.S. and you guys were both discriminated against in that way, right? Yes. Sadly, he was falsely incarcerated for a crime he didn't do. Really? What was the, uh, Is he still in jail now? Yes, uh, he is serving multiple life sentences for a murder, for murdering a young white woman. The thing is that when the police said that when a crime took place, he was actually visiting uh, our parents' graves. That's unbelievable. I don't even like. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Well, at the very least, did you get the money that Reagan was promised? No, I, uh, me and my brother didn't receive the money uh, we was promised. But I did become an engineer since I developed a talent early on during the camp since we was building a majority of the time. Wow, you became an engineer? That's really impressive. I bet your brother's proud of you, isn't he? I hope he is. And I just want to say that I'm proud of him for all of the things he did for me. That's really sweet. Well, is there anything you want to let the future generations know? Well, for starters, I would like to tell let them know that they aren't alone but to always remember that what happened to my generation can also happen again at any time and to stay safe because it's a messed up world that isn't fair 
and you're pushed through the oppression, and you must work twice as hard or work around the system that put you in this situation.